All right, everybody, welcome back to this episode of Miracle Theory. I am in the makeshift house studio with Steve. Um, we have an amazing, mind-blowing experience to talk about today. And I know everyone in the audience is going to really um, love this story. Uh, so without further ado, Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how old you are, where you're from, stuff like that. Uh, my name is Steve, and I'm originally from Arizona. Um, I'm 26 right now, and my passion is being outdoors and educating people using using the natural landscapes as a classroom and a transformative space for people, um, as well as uh, regenerative farming and kind of getting people back to um, eating food that is closer to home and a little bit better for them than say coming from like the freezers of Costco and stuff but um yeah that's that's who I am I love working with kids and adults and um and everybody and just spending all my time outside uh and kind of manifested that recently by moving into um, a small 16 foot travel trailer with my partner and we've been in it for about a year and a half now and the pandemic we've just been going around farming and spending more hours outside than inside um and yeah, just got some really beautiful experiences with that. So that's a, a little bit about me. That's very cool. Thank you. Um, okay, well, um, with that intro, I'm just gonna start asking some questions. Uh, part of the intro is where I talk to my guests a lot about what their biggest fears are. I'd like to see whether or not it coincides with the experience that you went through. So Steve, what is your biggest fear? Um. I think my biggest fear is getting to the final stages of life and realizing or having having a realization that I didn't didn't do anything mm -hmm. um that I didn't take the leap of faith or go on that trip or say that thing to someone or or do that thing um, which is kind of vague, but um, I think, yeah, the the stagnant or or idle life. Um, if I were in a position where I looked back on that, I think that that kind of just gives me fear in a in a way. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely uh, a trend with the show. I think um, that's. I mean, I definitely have the same fear of feeling like I didn't d almost do enough in life or, or mm. get to that one thing that I've been wanting to do because mm -hmm. my job stopped me or, you know, whatever it might be. So that's great. That's great. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, so we'll definitely take a look back and see how that correlates to what you have to tell us today. Um, mm. The next part of my intro is going to be to ask you to title your experience is kind of a complex question because I know a lot probably happened during your experience, but if you mm -hmm. could kind of summarize it into one word, what would that be? Yeah. Um, uh, buoyancy. Buoyancy. Um, okay. Buoyancy. Um, and the reason for that is, uh, as, as I explain the story, um, it'll kind of make sense, but, uh, in, when you're working with snow and if you're ever caught in an avalanche, you want to have buoyancy to stay at the top. And um, also having an experience like that, it's really easy to sink to the bottom mm -hmm. of life and remaining buoyant and, and really trying to 
uh, make sense of it and, and come out the other side of it uh, better, even though it might be hard to sometimes see that perspective. I like that. That's like a double meaning. Yeah. That's great. Um, okay, well, let's dive into it. I'm going to give you this time <clears throat> to summarize your experience for our audience, and we'll go from there. So, Steve, go ahead. Cool. Um, so, I'm a mountaineer. I love climbing big mountains, whether that's rock, snow, or ice. Um, and I was lucky enough to have the experience to join an expedition in trying to summit Mount Denali in the summer of 2019. Mount Denali is in the Alaska range. Um, in central Alaska, and it's also the tallest mountain in all of North America. Um, so I signed up for this expedition and, and got there and met the whole crew and everything. And we started our expedition and about 10 days in um, after we had hiked across the tundra and we have been camping on glaciers um, for about a week or so now, we started our steepest or one of our steepest portions of the climb, which is getting off of uh, the Muldrow Glacier and climbing Karsten's Ridge, um, which gives you access to the upper part of the mountain and allows you to summit because of it. Um, and Karsten's Ridge is really steep. On one side, you have an 8,000 foot fall down to the Trulaika um, Glacier. And on the other side, you have a 3,000 foot fall down to the Muldrow Glacier. Um, and as we were moving up this mountain, we had so much gear, we had to do all of our moves twice. So we move half of our gear, come back down, spend the night, refuel, and then go and, and continue up the mountain. So we were um, moving up the mountain and we dropped off half of our gear, some fuel, some food, and things like that. And we had started our descent back down and it was an unusually, unusually warm day, um, sunny day rather. So the glacier was radiating a lot of heat back up um, and all that heat warmed up the snowpack, which we had uh, moved up earlier in the day and was really solid. Uh, we were able to kick in really good steps and, and make a really solid trail. However, on the way back down, um, that was uh, basically gone from all the warming. So all the steps we had kicked in, when we stepped in them, they'd slosh out. And I was on a rope team of four, so I'm attached to three other people. I was the third person, so two people in front of me, one person behind me. Um, and as we're going down this glacier, I'm trying to stay in the steps and keep the trail solid. Um, but I kind of pushed through and um, sloshed out some snow and basically lost my footing and kind of regained it. And then my rope team pulled me forward just because they were moving forward. And it caused me to lose my balance again. And I um, fell to the right and uh, plummeted into the snow. And because of the warming, the consistency of the snow had changed and it really weakened the layer and it actually triggered an avalanche. Um, and this was on the side um, that falls 8,000 feet down to the, to the next glacier. Um, so I was trying to stop myself by kicking my crampons, which are the connection to my boot, which give me traction. They're like sharp spikes on my feet and my ice axe. I'm trying to stop, but it doesn't work when you're caught in a giant moving slab of, of snow. Right. So I fell for about 60-ish meters, give or take a few, um, and then fell into a crevasse. But while I fell, the rope had wrapped around my left leg, causing me to invert when I fell. Um, so I was, I was upside down in this crevasse, um, and all of the remaining avalanche debris um, from 
when I triggered it, um, continued to fall on me and kind of not, not entirely bury me, but filled my jacket and, and covered me. And, um, and I was able to brush it off and, um, by whatever stroke of luck, I had no immediate injuries and I was able to kind of unwrap my leg from the rope. And the woman behind me had gotten pulled off the mountain too. And she had fallen significantly farther than I did. And we, she climbed back up the snow and we met on the lip of the crevasse and walked back to our rope team. And we did a quick assessment of each other to make sure that there was no spinal injury or anything like that, that we are head injuries or anything. Um, and then we split a Snickers bar and, and a few sips of water and got back to camp so that we weren't there out there too long or too late and had a big group meeting with the whole team and kind of did a debrief and let people share some, some ideas and feelings of what was going on. And then just continued back up the mountain the next day. Wow. So you went the next day again after all of that. Yeah. Yeah, we had to pack up and and keep moving. Um, so right through where I had fallen, uh, we had to hike right back through the next day, and you could still see where the the crown, which is what's called the crown of the avalanche, you can see right where it separates, and it's probably about six or eight inches thick. Not, I'm not sure how wide or what the surface area of it is, but it was a pretty pretty significant slab that yeah. um, that fell off there. How fast do you think you were going down the mountain? I have no idea. Um, it feel like right after I had experienced it, it felt like I was falling for like 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. And now when I look back at it, I've replayed it in my mind so many times that it's slowed down where it's like, maybe I was falling for like a minute. It's, that's definitely not true. But it's, yeah. <laughs> it's probably, um, probably just a couple seconds. Yeah, I was going pretty quick, just like right. really shooting down the side of it. Yeah nature's powerful man you know oh, yeah yeah wow okay so you were just taken out and we did a little uh for everyone watching um we did kind of like a recap before we started recording and um you said it must have been really interesting for your team to kind of see you and this other climber like just disappear like you guys yeah. went totally disappeared from view yeah basically just uh it would be akin to like somebody kind of just like jumping off of a, off of a cliff or a, a building or something. And it just kind of like they vanish. Um, oh, yeah. So it was really, really snap. Um, I guess a, a moment that just happened so quick. Yeah. 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 Um, and you had mentioned before, so this happened, you said summer of 2019, correct? Yeah. We were climbing in June. Okay. And um, could you tell me that like fact about the heat? So even though you're on ice, it's oh yeah, really yeah. Hot. The um, the glaciers can they tend, especially in the summer, just to get really really hot. Um, and if any of you have ever like walked on snow on a sunny day, it's like super, it's like blindingly bright, um, and that basically acts as like a mirror. Um, so the glacier just turns into this ginormous white mirror and it's collecting all the UV rays and shooting them right back up. Um, so, I mean, some days it can get well over 90, if, if not feel like a hundred degrees, um, and, and you just get cooked and we would be at like 14,000 feet and a whole bunch of snow. And I'm like stripping down to just like my t-shirt and cause I'm sweating so much and, 
um, trying to delayer as much as possible without getting terribly sunburnt at the same time. Um, but yeah, the, the glacier really radiates a, a whole lot of heat yeah. um, back up onto you. I can see how that totally just derailed the footholdings that you would have yeah. to stay. Yeah, the stability just kind of goes right out the window at that point. Um, well, to think back to your exact moment of when you were like, you know, rug was pulled out from under you, you were just falling. Do you remember what you were what you were thinking? Were you just like, oh, this is happening. Okay, I'm falling. Yeah, I I, I noticed that I didn't uh, when I fell into the snow that I didn't just kind of stop, um, but that I was going quite quickly and and I had the wherewithal to yell falling. Okay. Um, and when when climbing and if you know that you're falling, it's good to to yell falling so that yeah. the other people managing the rope can kind of brace for that. Okay. and and really get set up for it um so I did have the wherewithal to say that and as I was going down it was yeah kind of just like well this is it <laughs> like this is it yeah. um I I really I, I definitely have a strong memory of really feeling like that was that was my day you know and um yeah so that that was kind of it and, and it's just so much of a blur but yeah that was the, the overwhelming feeling do you think um when you were thinking like well this is it was it like so much adrenaline that you weren't really scared or were you you were like totally scared mortified yeah i it's kind of hard it it, it, it kind of felt like i was i came came to terms with it kind of quickly mm -hmm. i was like well, yeah, I'm in an avalanche and there's an 8,000 foot fall below me. I'm not oh my God. like, I can't, I can't do anything about it. <laughs> and, um, but once I realized that I survived it, that's when I got way more scared okay. and was like, oh, whoa, that was, that was too close for comfort. <laughs> um, yeah. and definitely induced a lot of, uh, uncertainty about the rest of the climb for sure. Yeah, I was going to say after that to continue the trek, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty mind blowing that you were able to just keep on with that. Yeah, it was just, it was lucky just because the crazy thing is that there were no injuries. And that's another thing that I've tried to make sense of because, I mean, I, I, I can't give an exact number, but I would say seven out of 10 times somebody climbing on a mountain caught in an avalanche like that, you at least have a broken bone or somebody's dead or or something and we both just walked away and the, the biggest thing was that the person behind me who was attached to me got a bloody nose from her ice axe hitting her nose and and that was it i was scared i had a concussion and that we were going to be going up in elevation and that my brain would be swelling with less oxygen and more pressure and everything um yeah and it was just it was nothing had a little bit of rope burn on my leg where it had wrapped around me and that's about it Amazing, amazing. Um, so with all that in mind then, do you ever think about, and this is kind of a deeper question, um, mm. you know, and, and thinking about your life now and mm. the experience you went through and the time between, can you pinpoint any reason as to like why you feel like you survived? That is 
I I can't I I haven't figured that answer out yet. Tough question. Um, I, I know. And that's I've done a whole bunch of reading and trying to relate with other people, especially climbers who've had similar experiences with whether it was a climbing buddy who passed or they were caught in an incident or something. And the survivor's guilt is pretty real. Um, and, or survivor's uncertainty or whatever you want to call it. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know why it happened, but I will say that since that moment, um, the overwhelming majority of every experience I have is magnified and, yeah. and, and amplified. So relationships, I'm able to kind of give more mm -hmm. and, and perceive more from it. And interactions with nature are spiritual and I'm not really a spiritual person. Um, that's the other thing is I was raised very conservative, denounced the church, moved away from it, still don't like the church, but this moment where I like almost died and now I'm here and I almost died from like the natural powers of the world, not some like human created experience um, is, I don't know. It's kind of too hard for me to to ignore it anymore. Um, and it's definitely, yeah, it hasn't, I don't know why I experienced it, but I, I feel more connected in general because of it. I mean, maybe that's why, you know, or maybe you yeah. haven't pinpointed some reason yet. I mean, maybe you'll go on to teach children how to climb or maybe whatever, mm. maybe teach safety or or something like that. Um, but just having kind of a newfound connection and respect for the world around you, whether it be mm -hmm. people or places or things, um, I think that's definitely a valid answer. So yeah. I know it's a tricky question, but you know, there's always a reason. Uh, obviously you're here to tell the story and we yeah. so that's definitely got to count, right? Um, mm. Well, um, we're gonna start wrapping up here and uh, part of that wrap up is gonna be to think back and if you could give yourself a piece of advice during the experience, like if you, or if you could warn yourself, like, okay, this is going to happen. You should do this to aid in the experience. Do you know what I'm saying? Like what might mm -hmm. you give you? And, it, and it, it can't be do this to avoid the experience. Like the right. experience is inevitable, right? It's going to happen right. no matter what. Yeah. Um, ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think it would be, to don't don't have a grudge on anything or anyone at any time <laughs> because that moment is going to come and it's going to catch you off guard mm -hmm. and i think if had my life ended that day um there would have been a lot of things unsaid okay and a lot of uh a lot of feelings not expressed to people um, and it wouldn't have been fair to them nice that's great that's a, that's a beautiful one yeah um i honestly thought you were gonna say like don't tense up let your body relax <laughs> <laughs> right right no that's that's good so you know like if things were to end if things would have ended that day 
it totally would have ended not the way you ever would have wanted. I mean, obviously no one wants to go through that, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just family relationships that should have been. Yeah. That, that have been reconciled since then. Yeah. Good. That's good. Um, Okay. Well, my last two questions. Yeah. First, do you wish the experience never occurred? Um, yes, but o- only, or no, I don't wish that it occurred only because I still love climbing so much. And I just get so much meaning from the mountains and to not have your worst nightmare actually be a memory, um, yeah. is liberating. But at the same time, I also know that I can trust gear that I've gone through it. I've responded from it. Um, So no, I don't wish only for that reason, but for the reasons that I've stated that it's, it's given a lot of clarity and and connection to the entire earth around me. Um, I, I don't know if I would have come into that um, perspective on my own without it. Great. Okay. Um, Well, my final question, thinking of everyone watching, in your experience, whether it be, um, I want you to basically give us a piece of advice, whether it be about life, about climbing, about the world around us, based off of what you went through specifically and what you, what knowledge you have now, what advice would you give us? Um, I would say, that there's no like really understanding that they're really, there's no purpose in planning <laughs> and, and, hear that. <laughs> and yeah. And, and leaning into that un- uncertainty, but it's not scary. Okay. It's not to be scared of it and, 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 and embrace kind of stepping off the diving board or the, the, the high dive, you know, just kind of, taking the plunge and really also understanding that um, the earth is alive at all times and there is whatever energy force or being or whatever you want to call it. um, She is alive in every aspect of the earth and, and provides power and beauty and inspiration um, and to to look for that in in whatever size it is, a small desert flower blooming in the winter or a powerful avalanche ripping down a huge yeah. swath of, of rock. Um, and again, avalanches aren't scary because it's then part of the natural process. It just, it, it it can be scary to be caught in one right yeah. but it, it is just it is the natural the natural thing and we and we benefit from it the avalanche you know we get the water from the snow from the melted snow and that we we in essence are the avalanche because we're 70 percent water and it's water that's going to be coming from us and going back to the earth I like and, that, yeah so that i don't know if that's advice more of like my my world view of of trying to get people connected back to to the mother earth 
I think that's very powerful. That is a piece of advice because I don't mm. think, I don't think we pay much attention mm. to mother earth and how she operates. So clearly yeah. with this experience and this story, I hope people can pay a little bit more attention. So, um, that was very powerful and a very beautiful story. And I absolutely love the way you connected all the dots, even mm -hmm. though there seems like there's some things you're not sure about yet. Um, you got a whole life to live now to connect even mm -hmm. more dots. So, yeah. uh, do you have anything else you want to add or say, or, um, if you have not gotten to Alaska, I encourage you to get up there and be able to at least view Mount Denali because it will blow your mind. All right. Noted. Yeah. I want to go. I've never been to Alaska. I'd love to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you again, um, everyone. I'm going to be tagging Steve in my Instagram posts and um, my episode is going to drop very soon. So thank you for watching. Stay tuned as always, and we will see you guys next time.